now. From the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. <laughs> happy friday mousecapades listeners this is vicky and we're so happy that you're joining us we pray that you're all staying safe and happy and healthy given the current pandemic situation this is episode 553 and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears the mousecapades podcast before we get started, we'd like to remind you that the Mousecapades podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. At Your Story Travel Company, we can plan a magical trip for you on just about any budget. In today's show, we're going to be talking through several Disney fun facts and secrets, but the unique thing about this is that they're coming from the perspective of a former Disney cast member. So the behind-the-scenes Disney magic is closely guarded. I think a lot of us know that and cast members are highly restricted about what they can share. And that's because Disney does not want to ruin the magic. Uh, the particular cast member that they interviewed on this website article from popsugar.com, he worked for Walt Disney World for a few years while he lived in Florida. And he shares a few things he learned about the company, the parks, as well as some of his experiences as a cast member but he had to be a little vague about his identity so that the mouse wouldn't track him down. You know what I mean? Again, Disney guards that brand closely. It's understandable. And they don't like cast members sharing too much about the details. Uh, I don't know if we're gonna be able to get through all of these in one show. There are quite a few of them. We might have to split it up. It will just depend on where the discussion goes. So we'll see. So Vic, why don't you kick us off with the first one on the list and then We'll just alternate introducing them as we go through the show. So the first thing that people don't know, but cast members can tell you, is that the music never shuts off at Disney. From the moment you step on stage or in until the moment you step off of it, you're going to hear music that plays in your area on a loop. Um, this person worked in the backlot area of Hollywood Studios. So one of the stores that he worked in at Star Tours area, um, he heard Star Wars music all day for several days at a time. He had dreams about Star Wars. He said he could quote every line from every song that played in the Muppet store after working there for several days. Um, he said the best part is when you work a closing shift and you're cleaning up your store or a cart, the park is completely empty, but the music continues and um, as if nothing has changed and people are still there. I did not know that. I thought for sure they would shut off the music after the park was closed and people were gone. What about you, Kaylee? Did you know that part of it? I knew that only because they said it's too much work to turn it off because obviously we're in the pandemic right now, but under normal circumstances, Magic Kingdom, especially if there's magic hours, they might only be closed for like six hours overnight. That's just not enough time for them to justify having to turn everything off and get it all back on again. It's much easier to just leave it all on. Honestly, when we leave town, we always leave a radio on for our cat and as we all know one of the hidden things about Disney is we don't see rodents because they do have 
cats that come out at night and take care of any creatures that may be roaming about. And um, I think it's nice to have it for them. I'm sure that's not why they play them, but our cat likes it. You just got to think as a cast member and the one ride that comes to mind for me at least is it's a small world. I mean, after the 20th time of hearing that, I think I would just be done. But you got to keep listening to that as a cast member, even when everything's everyone's gone and the park is closed. I think that would get real annoying. It's one thing if people are there, but then you're just having to listen to that music continually. I don't know. Some of it might be okay, but things like that, I think it would get old. I think that's kind of cool in a way, but it depends on what it is that you're working that day. It's like this guy. After he did Star Wars, he could memorize every song. Don't know if I'd want to get to that point. If you like Star Wars, you would. That's true. So moving on to fact number two that this cast member shared or former cast member is that Walt Disney's plane is backstage at Hollywood Studios. And when the Backlot Tour was still around at Hollywood Studios, the tram went past this plane and guests learned that it was used by Walt when he was scouting the Central Florida area for his second park as well as for many other trips. And as a cast member, you could drive and walk by it at any time because it's just there on the displaced backstage. I wish that was still out and about. I I really feel like that is one thing that they should have kept and they could bring back at any time. Yeah, I agree because, I mean, I don't know how much upkeep it is. Surely they don't have to do much other than just make sure it's, you know, looking good, shining. Dust it off. I wouldn't think that's much upkeep as far as maintenance, just to have something like that sitting out. I don't know. Well, I understand the Backlot Tour took up a lot of space, but I think it was super worth it. And it fits with the theme of Hollywood Studios. I understand some of the things that people, that Disney is starting to phase out, old rides that don't fit the the bill anymore in terms of being up to date, but the Backlot Tour, they were switching stuff in and out at all times. Yeah. Yeah, I just mean generally the entire Backlot Tour, including the plane, it still fits the theme of Hollywood Studios, and they could switch stuff out of it at all times. Like, I always thought that was cool, even if the technology wasn't as up-to-date, it was cool to see all the stuff that they used in old movies. Yes, I agree, because to me it's a nostalgia thing. I like that. All right, next on the list is Animal Kingdom is built in a bowl, B-O-W-L. So this cast member said that during traditions, which is their orientation, they were told the Animal Kingdom is sunken in the ground to like create a climate that's suitable for all animals in the park, which that explains why the temperature inside that park is probably warmer than outside the park. Because if you've been in there at all, you kind of sometimes... I know we've experienced this. There's just kind of no air stirring sometimes, and it can get really humid, and it's just no air stirring whatsoever. And I think that might be because it is like this, kind of built, you know, lower. But this cast member says he wasn't able to find any confirmation elsewhere on the internet or anything about this being built this way. It's just that's what they're told in their traditions training. So he thinks it's true. He's not really sure, but he does know that the animals are why this park generally closes first. And we did know that, even though right now I think all of them are closing 
within an hour of each other, right? So it's not as much of a disparity between closing times right now due to the pandemic. But ordinarily, this one does close much earlier than the other parks. Yeah, you're right. They're all closing a little bit earlier than they were. We have just been um, guessing that the reasoning behind that is they have to, like one person could work a shift and they don't have to like trade out people or make some part-time. They can just have all full-time people. Um, We don't know that for sure, but we do know that money is tight with Disney right now because of the pandemic, which is nobody's fault, but I mean, it's just a part of life. What you found out though about it being in a bowl makes so much sense. For years, I've wondered and wondered with all these shade trees, why is it so hot in this park? But that makes so much sense. And I think um, us putting it out to listeners is going to be very effective or very helpful for them as well. Cause we go there and like we walk in and I feel like I just took a bath an hour ago and now sweat is pouring down my neck. And why is that? Yes, sweat goes places where sweat should not go. It's for sure. Well, the interesting thing is, um, if you guys remember a couple Christmases ago when um, Joey so not brightly did not pack any pants, I wonder what the temperature would have felt like if it wasn't built in a bowl, because that means it probably would have been colder than it was that night we were there and Joey was freezing and we had to go in a shop and buy him some sweatpants. It was cold that night. So if it's built in a bowl, then it probably would have been 10 to 15 degrees even colder. He would have needed a winter coat. (laughs) Yeah. So number four, if you're on the clock, you have to follow the Disney look. Now, I think I did know this, but I don't know if Brad and Kaylee did. During the training at the Disney University and any other location, you're required to follow the Disney look. Um, This person had two training sessions at Disney University, as well as a non-costume training day at the park. And each of those days, he was required to wear business casual clothes, including closed-toed shoes. It didn't matter that the guests didn't see him he still had to be like a cast member and follow their look. One other cast member doing the on-site training with him at the park showed up in a skirt that didn't meet the regulations and had to change into costume pants. Trust me, you don't want to wear costume pants any longer than you have to. So that that part's interesting. Yeah, I, I find it interesting that even they had to follow the look even though they knew that they weren't going to be exposed to guests. To me, that's kind of surprising. And it might be that they were just getting them ready for the men, you know, the mentality of if you're on the clock, you got to have the book, no matter if guests see you or not. And I think that's interesting that you find that interesting because when you were working out of the home before the pandemic, you were made to wear dress pants, a shirt, and no one saw you. So I really don't think that's any different than Disney. It's not different, but I... Just like I don't agree with that, I don't agree that they should have to do that at Disney either. I don't understand why they are made to do that. Practice makes perfect. I guess. So Kaylee, what do you have for number five? So this didn't come as a surprise to me because I figured that this would be the case, but somebody confirming it, it's nice to have that uh, little confirmation, but Disney costumes run small. And he said during his first trip to the costume room, his supervisor warned him that he should check out a costume that was two sizes bigger than what he would normally wear in like street clothing. And he said his supervisor was right. And he was like, it was a huge blow to your ego. 
Um, and it was something like the sizing of the costumes followed the sizing of when the park first opened, because obviously sizing has changed and the, co- the park opened in the 70s and that sizing is smaller than currently. And he said as a part-time cast member, he was only allowed to check out three costumes at a time and every piece of each costume was required as long as he was on stage, including a horrible hat and a bow tie. <laughs> so for me, I guess that would mean, all right, I step up to the counter and say, give me a 4X. You got any 4X? Because if it's two sizes above what I normally wear, that's what it would mean for me. That's crazy. Maybe they make their clothes in China. Because really, if you order anything over from China, a lot of times it's two or three sizes smaller than what we wear here in the United States. I think Disney would have people making it here, though, because they have to have a constant supply of that stuff. I'm not saying they can't ship it over, but like Disney is all about the authenticity. And I don't think they'd want it coming from secondhand anywhere, like through a secondhand company. They'd be like, these people work for us and they make our clothes and that's it. Now, the sizing thing is different because, like, I think Disney follows American sizing just from, like, 60 years ago. (laughs) So, and obviously Americans are bigger than 60 years ago. Actually, it was 50 years ago. You're just making it worse. Okay, 50 years ago. Getting ready for that 50th anniversary, not the 60th. Still. 10 years in the grand scheme of sizing didn't, doesn't matter. (laughs) All right. Next on the list, photos backstage are a big no-no. And so this person says while he was working at Disney, it didn't seem to be as huge of a problem because the prevalence of social media is not what it was now. But he does know of cases where a cast member or a few cast members were let go or fired because of not following this rule. And again, this goes back to what I said at the opener of the show. Disney is very, very protective of the brand and they don't like the magic or too much of the magic getting out because it's just going to tarnish, you know, that magical element that they're shooting for. I I wasn't surprised by this one, but I guess, you know, some things you hear, it's kind of like, it's not really a rule. It's a, it's highly discouraged in this establishment kind of a thing. Whereas other ones like this seems like they are even more harsh. Like if they find you taking photos, you're out. Whereas other things they might let slide a little bit more. I don't know. I actually did know, and you guys must have forgot, or maybe Kaylee does remember me saying this. When we went there for Magical Musical Days in college, we were backstage waiting for our turn to sing. And I went to take a picture. Now, there was nothing that would have given anything away about Disney, but because it was backstage and they saw my camera, um, they went crazy. Now, keep in mind that my camera was a disc camera. That was a long time ago. Most people that are younger than, I don't know, 40 don't even know what that is, but... Shake it? Shake it like a Polaroid picture? No, not like that. Oh, okay. But it was like roll film. You had to go get it developed somewhere. And so I was afraid they were going to take my camera away. And it uh, literally, the background was some bushes. That was all... But somebody came by and said, you can't be taking pictures back here. What are you doing? And I was like, I was taking pictures of my friends before we sang. And they're like, that is a no-no. And I was like, okay. And I'm a rule follower. So if I would have known that, there's no way to have even tried. Yeah. So ixnay on the picture taking pay. Huh? 
So number seven, pin trading is much more popular at Walt Disney World than it is at Disneyland, which I did not realize. So on a recent trip to Disneyland, the cast member was um, sad to find out that cast members aren't required to wear a lanyard to trade pins with people because at Disney World, it's considered part of the costume and they have to wear it and stay fully stocked with at least 12 pins at all times and uh, be able to trade with anybody and they have to trade whatever pin. And so that's why a lot of people buy their pins um, on eBay or whatever before they go to Disney and then get the really cool pins from the cast members that are working there. Uh, this poor guy went to Disneyland thinking he was going to trade pins and they don't do it there. So he was sad. Yeah, this is kind of sad. It's kind of like for anybody who's seen the, the movie Office Space. I'm kind of sad that they don't consider it flair. You need to be wearing the minimum pieces of flair. And I guess at Disneyland, they just don't consider that. I guess it's just not a big a thing. I don't, I don't know. I guess I don't really know where pin trading got started. Did it get started in Disney World? And then it's, it was kind of okay at Disneyland. Or it may be just that because it didn't start at Disneyland, it never really had the backing that it did in Disney World. I don't know. I wonder if it has to do with the same, the concept that Disney World is like a vacation destination and Disneyland can be a vacation destination, but it's way more of a day park for California, kind of like Six Flags is to us, where people go for a day and then they're like, all right, that was fun. Or they go like on a weekend trip because it's not as big. You can get a lot more done. And so I don't know. So what is the reasoning, Kayla? You think people who are on vacation, like quote unquote vacation, are more apt to be in trading? Is that the idea? From my perspective, and this is a generalization, I've never been to California, but I watch a lot of YouTube influencers that live in California, ones that like Disney a lot. And it is very much about the aesthetic in Disneyland because the people in California, a lot of people are influencers, like that's their job and pins around your neck aren't necessarily like the coolest fashion item i guess but in disney world people don't care because like you're usually there on vacation you wear the matching shirts you you do the whole thing you wear your costume people don't care in disney world because it's like a bubble but in disneyland it's plopped in the middle of anaheim so yeah i think that might have to do that's Maybe that's way out there. I don't know. I hear you. You're probably right. They do think they're trendsetters out there. They kind of are. Moving on to number eight is that Disney police love to pull over cast members for speeding. And this isn't totally true, but statistically, the resort police do pull over more cast members than they do guests. And this cast member was warned of that at his first orientation session when he was hired because apparently a lot of cast members tend to be running late for work, so they speed through the property. And I didn't know this one, but it makes sense to me. Yeah, when I first read it, I'm like, surely they don't target them on purpose. But then it makes sense after you think about, oh yeah, there's lots of cast members, and I can see where if they're running late, they're going to be zooming to try to get to their spot. They can make their quota from the cast members. Probably. And I, again, it goes hand in hand with like Disney World being more of a vacation destination that obviously people stay off property and they drive on to property, even if they stay for a week or however long. But a lot of people that stay on 
stay in Disney World are on property. So they drive to the resort, they park, and then they use park transportation the rest of the time. So it kind of makes sense statistically that cast members would be the ones pulled over more frequently because they're the ones using cars to get to work every day. True. Next on the list is you can get your in-park purchases delivered. I did know this. Um, there's actually three options. You can get it, whatever you buy in the park, you can get delivered to the front of that park for holding for pickup later, or you can get it delivered to your hotel if you're staying in a Disney resort, that is. Or the third option is you can have it shipped to your home, which I think is awesome. And Vic, I don't know that I that we knew about this like when we were first going to Disney, like our first trip or two. I don't think I ever realized that you could do this until later. And then we realized, oh, I didn't know you could hold these things and we were so that we're not having to lug this thing around the park. Um, I think it's interesting. This cast member says, you know, the package pickup kind of goes in a rolling from the back of the park to the front. So they stop doing that from the back of the park to the front. So when they're getting ready to close, they'll stop doing that starting at the back of the park and they'll just progressively keep going. But he does say if you're nice and you're kind of sweet talk cast member, they might carry it to the front for you even if it's the time for that has already passed. And that's just because they're trying to do whatever they can to make it a great experience for the guests. I thought that was nice, but generally there is a cutoff time when they start stopping that. There's also a cutoff if you are staying at a resort. If you're leaving the next day, they tell you not to send it to the resort because it may not be there in time for your departure from the resort. So I believe once you're two days within your departure, they tell you that that's not a good idea. And also when you're shipping to your home, you pay the shipping fee. So that is something to keep in mind. However, it's good for when you wanna buy something big. I know a lot of people that purchase those expensive Disney paintings, they have those shipped to their home so they don't have to pack it in a suitcase or they don't have room in their car or for whatever reason, if you're purchasing a big item, that makes a lot of sense to just ship it to your home. Yeah, I've often wondered that. Like, where's that store we go in Epcot? They have all the paintings and they're they're like over a thousand dollars. Some of the prints and the paintings in that store. I can't remember what the name of it is. I, don't, but, I can't remember the name of it either. But I've often thought of that when I'm browsing through there. I'm like, there is no way I would carry this through the park. That's just a disaster waiting to happen. So right. I'm glad they really have this option because like you said, for something that's that much money, you, you don't want to take chances. You just want them, you just say, go ahead and put that in a bag and you just you just take care of that for me. Well, and you know that Disney's going to make sure it's packed well because they don't want anything to happen to it. They want your experience again to carry through and be magical. Yep. So number 10, Disney says you can't have your last paycheck until your costumes are all turned in. Uh, this cast member said that that is not true because they, um, to this day, he's been gone for five years and he still has a pair of costume pants and Disney has never kept money from him. He said he turned in bathing suit from for one of his friends three years after she quit working as a lifeguard. Um, it's just a scare tactic although um, he doesn't recommend that you keep any costume pieces just in case they decide to enforce it because you definitely want to get your paycheck. 
Yes. This is one of those that I was talking about earlier. This sounds like one of those rules that's more of a guideline instead of a, you know, we, we're not going to, we'll tell you we're going to withhold your paycheck, but we really won't. It's not, it's not like the photos backstage where that's grounds for immediate termination. This doesn't sound like one of those. Well, I don't know how Kaylee feels about this and Brad, I know guys are different than girls, but who wants to wear someone else's bathing suit? Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, are they going to give that to somebody else to wear? Why couldn't they just let them keep it? Also, like, swimsuits dry rot. Like, those aren't something that, like, can be reworn as, like, as long as other pieces of clothing. So you would think you would just let somebody keep the swimsuit. (laughs) On women's, they have this piece of taped area in our private area. And if you remove that, they will not let you return it to the store. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, so I can't, I mean, I know they don't have that for guys. I just, that doesn't seem like a sanitary thing, especially right now during COVID. They shouldn't be taking any clothes back from anybody. Well, now that makes more sense what you're saying, because he does say he turned in the bathing suit for one of his friends three years after she, so it was a a woman. Three years. It's going to be dry rotted. Yeah. Is it the principal? I'm just turning it in. I think this one makes our ooh list for this. (laughs) show ew ew right don't you you think so kaylee it's ew <laughs> well number 11 is not as ew okay good let's move on get out of the <laughs> ew anytime you're on the clock and inside a park you're on stage so the inside of the parks is considered on stage the outside of the park is considered backstage employees are cast members in costumes customers are guests all of this contributes to the magical facade that disney has and once you set foot on stage, you have to follow all the Disney rules and live up to the Disney image. And this is also part of why there are tunnels underneath the Magic Kingdom is that cast members shouldn't be seen outside their area because of it hindering the experience. It doesn't make sense to see someone in Frontierland costume walking across the park to Tomorrowland to meet up with a friend, thus the tunnels. Um, but he says he promises it's not as stressful as it may sound. And the tunnels probably make it not as stressful since you can get to one place to another without the, you know, battling of the crowds. Yes, and it's like a straight shot. You don't have to take the pathways that are designated. Yes. So that is one thing I wish that um, I know nobody can do it because they, they'd get fired or a fine or whatever for taking it down in the tunnels. But I would like to see how the tunnels are. Like, are they like the subway? Because the subway is confusing to me. So I get down in the utility doors and not know where I'm at and get lost. I want someone to time themselves. You could do that. They can't stop you from doing that. Just to see, like, to get from, like, one end of the park to the other. How many minutes does it take you through the tunnels? Yeah. The traditional way versus the utilidors. What's the what's the stopwatch time? So if there are any cast members listening, we would love you to do that for us. That would be fantastic. Okay. Next on the list. Guests will never see two of the same character at once. I think I have heard this before, and this cast member says, and he does mean never ever, and that's because there's only one of each character, and if you see two of the same character, obviously that destroys the magic because you're like, how can there be two? And somebody will be getting fired. Yeah. (laughs) Whoever made the mistake is probably going to get fired for that one. Again, this goes back to the, this is a direct violation of of the magic, in my opinion, and that, I think that's, Disney's take on it that that would be their take on it too and so 
And I've often wondered, well, how do you avoid, you know, when I read this, I'm like, well, how do they know? And this cast member says, every cast member has a guide for that day. And they know where like their twin or their other similar characters are going to be for the day. So they know to avoid those spots at the same time. And that makes sense. I mean, once I read it, I'm like, that's a cool way because at least they know up front, oh, my other alter ego is going to be at this spot today. I can never be there today at this time. Otherwise, they'll risk being at the same place and seen at the same time. So I thought that was very interesting. I knew this one to be true. I just think it's interesting that I guess for small kids is who they're thinking, because I can't imagine that older kids think that there really is only one Mickey Mouse that changes into that many outfits in a day. Um, all part of the magic though, right? It's magic. No, and, and I think, no, I'm saying that's true. That's good. I just mean, I was thinking about this. When I was a small child, did I think that there was more than one Mickey or did I think Mickey changed his clothes that many times during a day? Well, when I was a kid, obviously when you saw Mickey on TV, you I only thought there was one, but that's different than I think. And I don't know if it would be different in the parks or not because I never went to the parks as a kid. So... To me, I think the parks would be a different mentality. Obviously, when obviously when you're looking at it on TV, you're like, oh, it's Mickey. There's only one Mickey, you know. So everybody knows the situation. Spoiler alert for many parents to have children in the car, just in case. We know that there's one main Santa and he has helpers that help him by sitting with boys and girls and taking the list in for him. Um, they could almost do it in that way. Like, Mickey, this is the main Mickey, but these are all his helper Mickeys. But I guess that again, ruins the magic. I don't know. I can't ever remember a time that I wasn't an adult and just was like, yes, this is real life. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I remember, I don't know. I just don't ever remember a time thinking that like, there's only one. (laughs) And I don't know. But did you think, but did you think there were multiple? Did you think consciously there are multiple multiple people playing him? I was 12 the first time we went to parks. So like I was of the age Already, I was mature for my age, so I was of the age to know, like, there are multiple people throughout this park that dress up in different Mickey Mouse costumes Yes. to fulfill this facade. But before that, like, I don't know that I ever, kind of like what you were saying, I don't know that I ever, Yeah. not that I didn't think that, but I, you saw Mickey Mouse on TV and you were like, Mickey Mouse is on TV. Like, it was never just like, oh, there's one of the Mickey Mouses on TV today. Yeah, it's not like, oh... Which one's dressed up like Mickey for TV today? That didn't go through your head. It, it, it's just Mickey Mouse. To, to that same end, like, it's kind of interesting, obviously, because it's recorded. You can use that as an excuse with children and be like, well, this is just an old recording of Mickey. So, like, that's why it's on at the same time as this new recording of Mickey. But it almost makes me think, like, how does Disney allow Disney or Disney allow to be mickey on multiple channels at the same time if they're trying to fulfill the facade of like mickey is only in one place ever which is never true but it's the magic of mickey wild and who thought this up like who had the mind to think that they would need to make a schedule well it's like everything else you know there's warnings on products that are like why is this warning on this product well you know somebody on some day it happened so probably what happened is before they had this schedule somebody did show up and there was a snap there and they did see two of the same in the in the same place and they're like oh we better come up with a schedule to prevent this again <laughs> i don't yeah, know that's true i feel like it goes hand in hand with the idea of when walt wanted the utilidors because he saw a cowboy walk through tomorrowland and he was like no false that's not happening 
Like, so I feel like it's along the same lines where there can only be one. Yeah. So crazy the things you have to think of. So cast members are supposed to use guest names whenever possible. Um, when you're a cast member, they would get evaluated by their managers often and definitely more than at any other job he, that this person had held, mostly because Disney's guidelines are so thorough and rigid. There was a checklist that you're supposed to run through with each and every guest interaction. And one of the things was to use the guest name when you could. And have you ever been surprised by a cast member knowing your name? Uh, not really, because most of the time we have our names on our shirts or something. It's still surprising sometimes. Like in the moment, you're like, why does this stranger know my name? Because like, I'm not always conscious of my name being on my shirt. I don't think I should be shocked by anything because usually I hear Mrs. Black or Vicky at a lot of places. But at Disney, if I, I hear kind of... that in Disney, I will be very alarmed. <laughs> you did see one of your students at Disney last year. That's true. No, that was a couple years ago. But still, yeah, <laughs> I did. That was very weird. But I do think to this point i do think they are trained like always be looking for the pen i bet it's just second nature to them always be looking for a name on the pen be looking for names on a shirt be looking for names of any way you can get it and he even mentions here they may have it like if they're checking you in to your room or something they're going to take a quick glance at the name on your card just to get your name so they can use your name in the in the interaction. So they're they're constantly looking for that kind of stuff. Well, I think that's good. And I do know they do that even not at Disney on credit cards. But what I like about Disney, and I don't know if you guys noticed this, was they use the first name. Remember in uh, Saving Mr. Banks? Is that No, that's not the right movie, is it? Yes, it is. Yes. And they want her to call him Walt and she keeps calling him Mr. Disney. And he wants, you know, he wants to be called by a first name because he thinks that makes you like family or like you already know each other. And so I do notice that the times that I've used my credit card at Disney, they'll say, thank you, Vicky. I hope you have a nice day, Vicky, or something like that. And so um, I do think that makes it more personal. And it reminds me of Walt when I do hear that stuff. I think it's also a good way for Disney to avoid like offending because they're very much on that side of we need to do everything to make this magical and not make guests unhappy because you I think everybody in life has had that awkward moment where you're like I don't know how to address this person in front of me whether it's miss whether it's missus whether it's like I'm not missus anymore and you're like I'm sorry and it's just really awkward but if you only use their first name and use the because use the first name because that's what Walt wanted. It just eliminates all of those issues. It really does. You know, Mr. Ms. Personal pronouns. It just kind of avoids all of that. Yeah, it just is using the name. It's personal and it's not rude. It's just with the Disney image. It's better than hey you. <laughs> ma'am or miss because even when you do that ma'am or miss or sir or bud like whatever it is because it's like especially me I'm at that age where I think it depends on the person working with me at this point because like when I go through drive throughs now like obviously teenagers are the ones that work drive throughs a lot so I get ma'am <laughs> sometimes I'm like I'm not that old but like it just depends on who addresses me it's kind of like elf right bye buddy Hi, buddy. Hi, friend. Ha, ha, ha. It just avoids all of that. If you use, if you can use a name, then you're, then they kind of have to use something generic, like "Hi, friend" or "Have a good day, pal." <laughs> good, buddy. It's like we're at school. <laughs> Moving on to number fourteen, 
is that you pretty much can't see Disney property from the highway because Walt Disney World is set pretty far off from Interstate 4 in Central Florida. If it weren't for the exit signs, you probably wouldn't even know that like Disney World's right there. The Disney company owns a ton of land, thousands of acres, which aren't even in use. So they've got that distance to separate Disney World literally into the bubble. Yeah, and the thing I didn't understand on this one, and I don't know, listeners, if you heard a few shows ago, we talked about Imagineers and the things that we could imagine. You know, the one of the themes through that show is, it's always, where are we gonna put this? We don't have space. But Disney has space. It's just a matter of, in order to use that space, they're gonna have to build more parks from the ground up. They're really, right now, if they were to try to do any new rides, they have to conform and fit within the parks that they have. Now, if they were to expand and do more parks, then yes, you know, the space would become less of an issue. But yeah, they still have thousands of acres that are unused. So while while in that episode we said space is always an issue, we meant space within the limits of the parks that they have currently. It's not that they can't expand. And that is one thing I didn't understand because he always said Disney would be changing and evolving Um, Now, he was, of course, gone once, you know, his second dream was being built, but his dream was to continue building on. And I don't understand why the people that were after him didn't allot bigger spaces for Hollywood Studios, which at the time was MGM or even Epcot, because those butt up to each other. We know that because Hollywood Terror of Terror was painted to match the color of Morocco because they back up to each other when there was plenty of land they could have separated those even farther apart so that has always been a little confusing to me i think it's i don't know i've always thought it was the mentality you know even around here where we live we now have a a road that's called page extension The, the thing is six lanes wide you know and that's really good because the traffic flow really demands that it be six lane whereas back in the day no one would have ever thought you would have ever needed a, a road with six lanes on one side of it just for one-way traffic going one way. They would have thought you were crazy, but it's just that you don't realize how much space over time and as cities grow and you know more population comes into an area, it starts to flood what normally would have been able to be handled by much smaller. I think that's kind of the dilemma that Disney is facing now. You know, they built these four parks in Florida. They thought they were huge, probably thought they were going to be big enough for what they could ever dream for however many years. But I think they're really cramped on space now. Yeah, and I think it also, I agree, and piggybacking off of that, I think a lot of it has to do with things are obviously always changing. And back then, the scale that Disney World is built at now is bigger than like anything anybody could have imagined at that point in time. But technology picked up really quickly. Social media is a thing. Like everything just like went in fast forward. And I feel like the space that they started with can't keep up with that anymore. And I'm not saying that they could have been preparing for this like probably 10 years ago. But even in the last 10 years, it's wild how much it's changed because like we've started going 11 years ago now and just the changes that have happened in that time period is crazy like me and joey really grew up in a an ever-changing technological space when i'm like in that middle ground where the kids at school are always like your first phone wasn't a smartphone but you're not even like old and to them that just like makes no sense 
but it, that has all just developed in the last 10 years. So I think that's part of it is Disney is just trying to keep up, but everything is changing so fast. They can't just expand a theme park that fast. The disconnect for me is that they do have thousands and thousands of unused acres. So they bought it, but it's like they haven't fully developed or they haven't pursued anything past the four main parks since inception. That's what I think is kind of weird. I would have thought by now they would have at least been talking about, oh, we're going to do a, we're going to do a fifth full park or even two more full park because we have the space. We can do it. I don't know what the reasoning is. It's like you said, it's just, I think it's changed so much so quickly. They're having trouble keeping up. All right. Last one on the list for today. Number 15 saying, I don't know is never acceptable. And I think we've heard this too. If you've been around Disney for a while, you know you the cast members are really discouraged from telling guests just, we don't know. Uh, normally, I think that's an okay answer. I think saying, I don't know is better than saying you do know when you really don't. But as a cast member, you're really trained not to do that. And it's not because they're trying to get rid of you or deflect, but they really want the cast members to follow up and find out the answer and bring it back to the guest instead of just telling them, I don't know, as a kind of a cop-out. I think that's what they're trying to prevent. Because um, like in his example, he's like, if a, if a child asks you, what does Tinkerbell eat before her flight across the Magic Kingdom for the fireworks? And he's like, you may not know the answer, but you better be quick and you better come up with something that makes sense. Because I don't know is not acceptable. Because again, you don't want to tarnish that magic in the aisle, in the eyes of that child. I do think that that's what's um, so great about the characters that are allowed to talk, the ones that aren't in full costume, like Mary Poppins and Snow White and Tiana, you can tell that they have trained very well on that character and like they actually become that person. Like we've talked about our friend Josiah that comes on the show, how he in just envelops the character when he's trying to become what that character. Because I remember, I can't remember the exact words Mary Poppins said, but she was talking to Kaylee and Joey and relating something between them with Michael and Jane. And it was just very cool. Like you felt like you were in her movie for a second. And so I think anything that you can make up, kids are going to believe it anyway, just because it, as long as it sounds magical, like um, what does Tinkerbell eat for breakfast? Uh, well, she eats tiny Cheerio. I mean, you could make up anything. What's your favorite snack? She likes Pop-Tarts, but hers are tiny because she's small. Yeah, and I think he makes a good point by saying just like, come up with it fast and I think just in real life as somebody mom and I know as we work with kids every day if you are confident in what you're saying even if it's ridiculous a kid will believe you like yes and so if you're confident about it more likely than not the kid is going to like eat up every word and be like oh yes that is accurate what you are saying right now even if it's like so outlandish right like every year when I tell the kids that when you graduate they give you another set of eyes for the back of your head and that's how come I always know what's going on and the other day, some little girl said, but where are they? I said, oh, I'm not allowed to show them to you because that's a secret. See, you're like Roz. <laughs> or the scissors thing that I said, I don't even know that dad heard that story. But I had said, <laughs> we do that all the time. <laughs> I had said I needed to get my special scissors out to cut off a finger because it was really hurting. And they said, you have scissors for that? And they were like, who? I said, yeah, I learned I learned how to do it. And they said, how? <laughs> and I said, Mrs. Black taught me, duh. <laughs> They were just so, they were into it. 
and then obviously you have the kids that are mature enough that they catch on and they think it's hilarious but it's still fun nonetheless because you find out what kids are really sick like oh my stomach hurts oh well climb up on the table and so and so can be my nurse and we'll cut you open and see what's going on inside and take that bad stuff out well if we take that out then we won't you won't have the problem anymore and then they're like i think i'll be i think i'll be okay um but yeah disney is just like being a teacher as far as a cast member is about like being a teacher because we have to make stuff up on the fly sometimes and uh to make sure that it stays magical in the school world yep well, thanks, listeners, for joining us today and hearing some maybe new to you information. I know some of it was new to me and some of it was new to Brad and Kaylee. So it's always fun to learn new and exciting, mysterious things about Disney that we don't already know. Just a reminder, if you are interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, you can email us at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. If you would like to book a trip or just want a free quote, Text us at 636-373-4497 or contact us at Vicky, V-I-C-K-I-E dot black at yourstorytravel.com. You can check us out on our social media accounts, yourstorytravel.com, our Facebook page, The Mousecapades Podcast, and our Twitter account at Mousecapades Pod. Be sure to listen to Wednesday's show as we dish the latest rumors and news and chat with the gang. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears the mousecapades podcast well family i think it's about that time disney love just keep swimming and pixie dust have a magical day my friends